0: sometimes you only get one shot and you can't blow it like you know it's you just have to take you just have to take the, the shot I wish I had a sports reference I'm not really a sports person <laughs> like Just what is the call when they kick the? Trey
1: Young did it last night. (laughs) Go Hawks! I'm just saying he (laughs) he pulled it from half court, and that's the reason we're in the series right now. You got to just go for for it. You just have
0: to. Life is short, and you just don't know when your next opportunity is going to come. And just because you prepare, 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 doesn't mean the opportunities are going to come to you. You could be the very best, and it doesn't mean you're ever going to get the shot. But if you do have it, take it. Take mm-hmm. it. Don't be afraid of the no. You could have it, but it could be a yes. It could right. be yeah. the yes that you need. <laughs> and you never know. Like, it's not guaranteed that the opportunity is going to come back to you. In my case, it was, you know, I had a shot and I blew it. And mm-hmm. maybe it'll come back to me, but maybe it never will. But, like, mm-hmm. we only have this one life. Nothing is promised in this life. And if you, like, when you have the shot, take it. Period. Mm-hmm.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Musically Hits. I'm your host, Zach Reynolds Jr. And we have an amazing guest today. Uh, Someone who is no stranger to the stage, music industry at large. She's a amazing, amazing bassist. Uh, She's a vocalist. She's a lot of things to a lot of people. Most importantly, she's Tasia Bill. How are you?
0: Hi, how are you? Good. Good to
1: have you on the show. It's, I'm
0: honored to be here.
1: No, it's, it's a pleasure to have you. You are absolutely musically hitched. Yes. You know, we, this, is, this is not a hobby for you, right? Mm, no. So uh, it's always refreshing to have uh, your perspective because you have, you've done a lot. You've seen a lot, and you've been on this journey for quite some time. So uh, we like yeah. to get right down to the to the good stuff okay (laughs) Uh, a lot of people know that you're you're a touring bassist Mm -hmm. and and you've worked with some some iconic artists if you had to name one thing that you think has been the key to landing the big gig with whoever it was we'll talk names later yes what is that secret
0: um honestly it's um uh your reputation Mm. um and That could mean a lot of things, but it's, it's people, a lot of people think it's about who, you know, like I I need to be connected to everybody, but it's really who knows you, you know, Mm. and who can vouch for you when you're not in the room. Right. And every opportunity I've gotten is because someone's like, oh, I know her, I heard her, I saw her, I, you know, I could vouch for who she is as a musician, who she is as a person, which, you know, and, um, that's, yeah, it's, I mean, other than that, it's God, (laughs) I mean, God first, honestly, but, but yeah, that's. So I hope it's, I answered that. <laughs> it's not the
1: musical. It's not the musical side. You said nothing about music. <laughs> Just
0: music. I mean, music of course is important, but there's a million talented people in the world. You, you know, go. everywhere there's talent. Everywhere, There's millions of people more talented than me. Oh, wow. But it's you know, it's it's also like, are you responsible? Are you mm-hmm. uh, disciplined? Are you going to learn the music? Are you going to be on time? Mm-hmm. Are you going to show up with a good attitude? Yeah. Are you teachable? Are you can you take constructive criticism, you know, like wow. can you be trusted with sensitive information? Like
1: yeah. it's so many yeah.
0: things that,
1: that that have nothing to do that with have your nothing
0: to do wow. with wow. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's great. So I mean you have you have obviously mastered that, or at least you have gotten to the point to where others think you have, right? Thank you. So <laughs> that is critical to your journey. Yes. And I think a lot of people, you know, we we see musicians. We look at their opportunities. We, hey, she's got this endorsement. Hey, she's worked with this artist. What makes her any better than me? Yes. And it really often becomes the intangible things. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, and I, I've said the same thing myself, there are people that can play circles around me. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. But it, is, it does matter that you show up on time. It mm-hmm. does matter that you're a good hang, some people would say, yeah, right? It's
0: true. It's true. So
1: I, I think that's, there's, that can't be overstated Mm-mm. that music being musically hitched, particularly in, in a touring environment. Yes. You, know, you having another family. It's an extended family, would yes, you? Agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah?
0: People have to want to be around you on a tour bus, have to want to be around you in weeks and weeks of rehearsals, you know, like, and also like, are you, can you pick up quickly? Like, mm. are, can you learn quickly? Right. Can you, um, will you learn the music? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> will you, are you able to like, um, which I really feel like being in a corporate band or it's definitely helped with this skill, but like, are you able to learn the music as is Mm -hmm. and play it like the record? Like a lot of people feel, I feel like there's honor in playing it like the record because, you know, like it's it's the record for a reason. It's successful for a reason, you know, like, but it's the same when a pop gig, like you're not there to recreate how I would play it. It's the artist wants to hear their song as they recorded it, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of that requires discipline, it requires personal discipline being able to step outside of yourself and just you know play the part like that's a lot of people can't do that yeah. believe it or not <laughs> you know? do
1: you think it's true that a lot of people can't do it or is it more of a want which one do you really think it is because hmm. a lot of you know talent is like you said is, we have it in droves we yeah. Atlanta LA I mean there's nowhere you can you can't go anywhere and not find right. a talented person
0: <laughs> I think it's a little of both I think some people just don't have the discipline, the discipline. and then some people yeah. I think that's on the can't side like some people just don't have that discipline, yeah. and I think on the won't side, some people feel like it's beneath them mm. to, to. I'm I'm myself. Wow. I'm, I I should approach it like me. I but it's like yeah. at that moment.
1: How it, are they gonna hear me if I'm playing them? Exactly, wow. but that
0: requires discipline. Like you're, I, I'm not the artist at that time. Like when I'm playing for an artist, I am. I'm just I'm a support. I'm mm. support staff. You know, mm-hmm. and there's honor in that. Still, it's the same with like how people like I think try to downplay like background vocalists, and I'm like. What are you talking about? That's, that's, a, it's a high it's skill. It's half the
1: sound, right? Yeah, it's a right. high exactly. level of
0: skill. It's not, it doesn't make you any less important because of your background. Yeah, and I feel right. like the same in a, as a backing musician, mm-hmm. like there is honor in playing the part, you know, but yeah. you have to, that requires discipline of ego.
1: Yeah, You know. Yeah. honor, <laughs> I love the fact that you're using that word. That's a, that's a very, very powerful word because Some things are not honorable, right? Yes. But I believe, and it sounds like you do, one hundred percent, music is honorable. Yes. You know, it's a gift. We, I, I, you know, I try to remind myself of this all the time. Tell all the musicians that I work with Mm -hmm. that we have a gift that was given to us, Mm -hmm. God-given. We we worked to establish it, to develop it, to enhance it. But you can't give yourself music. No. Sometimes it's just in you. Yes. A lot of times, and it just comes out. (laughs) And the fact that you can hear like perfect pitch, for example, people that have that, Mm -hmm. that's a rare gift within the gifts of music. And it's just like, that's amazing to see someone that can hear a sound and just walk to a piano and say, well, no, that's That's what it is. (laughs) It's this, (laughs) I know I'm in the kitchen cooking, but it's that, right? (laughs) That's a a rare gift. So uh, that is something that we, I believe, need to honor. Yes. But then there are other Gifted musicians, singers, songwriters themselves that have created these masterful works of art. Yes. And so now we have to decide ourselves okay, how am I going to approach something that, like you said, is already honorable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us are Verding white fans, oh. iconic bass <laughs> yes.
2: bass player, right?
1: <laughs> Why would we need to change his bass line in September and Boogie Wonderland oh or my in gosh, I agree. Serpentine Fire, right? <laughs>
0: yes. You know? Why would I want to change what made me fall in love with the song? You know, like mm-hmm. why in the first place, in right. the first place. And like, for example, in perfect 10, the corporate band I work with, we do have, we have an earth Wind, and fire medley and okay. we did like shining star is my favorite song in there nice. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I grew up listening to that song. Yeah, yeah, How is it not to me? It's an honor to be able to yeah. replicate this iconic bassline right. and then play it. Well, like right. play it like to me, I'm just, it's, I feel every time I play it, Every weekend at every wedding played, mm-hmm. I imagine, what if Berdine was in the audience?
1: Exactly. You know, and exactly. we never know, like, Perfect
0: 10 actually ran into Philip Bailey yeah. at, a, at, a, at a gig a couple of months wow. ago. Right? Wow. So wow. imagine if he had walked in and heard us doing. Oh, butchering, like, butchering. Yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I, I I'll never get to play with Earth of the Fire. I mean, well. Well, I, we don't know I, that. We don't know that. that but, but let's just, you know, Berdine White's the bass player. He's been, you know, mm-hmm. but so the closest I can get. To being able to f- play with that group is to play mm-hmm. his parts with honor, like right. and integrity. You Amazing.
1: know, yeah. and that's Which what, is still
0: a dream. <laughs> that's what
1: that is. What the audience, who mm-hmm. are our customers, yes. Whether you're the direct
2: booking exactly. source or right. not,
1: the audience in essence is your consumer. Yes. So when you're producing bass, you're the only person producing bass in that room, yes. in that <laughs> theater, in yes. that arena, in that stadium, right? Yes. It's only you making that one sound, and like you said, for those that are bass enthusiasts, <laughs> or just fans of the music just fans in general, of the, music, right? the way you approach that line is going to make the difference between their concert experience, which they pay. Oh paint my
0: gosh! Yes, exactly. For. Yes. Oh yeah, I love how you said that, but it's the truth, <laughs> yeah, and that's is. what that's what our, that's what my job is today—to make sure that this once-in-a-lifetime day for this couple and their family mm-hmm. feels. You know, and the music that they're wanting to hear—they're—they're they're not wanting to hear my interpretation yeah. of the song choices that they made. They want to hear the record. They want to dance to it. They want to feel good. They want to feel—they want to be able to sing along That's to good. it. You That's know, good. like yeah. we can't yeah. make it obscure, and then people be like, "What is this?" Now they can't enjoy it. Right. Now that you know, and it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's our job. You know, if I—and I feel like depending on which gig you take, like you just have to understand your role. Now, if I take—if um, I'm playing at the Velvet Note, and it's a jazz. You know, it's a jazz. It's a, a jazz trio. Mm-hmm. The audience is there with the expectation to hear us color outside of the lines. Right. That's a different arena. Very different. Right. You know, they right. now they, in that space, they would be very disappointed if we just play Mm the standard. Yeah, because they're they're looking for you to self-express. Exactly. They're there to be inspired in that way. And so that requires a different discipline, you know. And and, and that's where if you want to step outside and be more colorful and creative, Mm -hmm. you have that space there. I just, I feel like I try to give myself a diversity of... um, of Opportunities, like so, I can exp- so I can express what I, different sides of myself. If I want, you know, I'll do that gig for that for that type of expression. I'll do this gig for this type. Of, but there's honor in all of them, yeah. and I only if I accept a gig, it's only because I know I'm gonna give my best and give like my all. And I really feel like that's something that people miss too. Like they're just looking for the big gig yeah. to do the their very best. And I'm like, every big gig that I've gotten came from some small opportunity. Mm-hmm that I didn't know was going to link myself to here, but God oh, knew, yeah, you know, yeah. and and can I expound on that a little? Like, for example, yeah, Janelle, the call I got for Janelle.
1: Janelle Monáe. Monáe.
0: Okay. It came from, and I always said, like tell a story because I have to give credit to Decky. I, I, I subbed, when I moved to Atlanta, I moved to Atlanta in 2010 to preach the music full time. Okay. And I, to be honest, I don't even remember this Subbing. I subbed sub at a church one time. I don't can't even tell you the name of the church. Wow. Just one time. Someone asked me to sub for them. This is 2010. Fast forward to 2013. Mm-hmm. And I get a phone call. And this is, I was going to quit music too. I was like depressed. Like I'd been in Atlanta three years and I, I didn't move. You know, I, the gigs weren't coming. Like wow. I want, you know, and I just going to, my, my plan was 2014, I was going to be an adult and get a job and quit music so this is december mm, wow. maybe first week of december 2013 and i get this call and i never really answered numbers i don't know um i've well I, I can say for some reason but god i i believe god yeah, so i answered this phone call and he's like this is tasia i'm like it's this decade i'm like He's like, D- D- I played with you and I didn't remember. I honestly didn't remember. Decky, no, this is not a slight at you. I just right. didn't remember. Um, and he's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm, Terrence is looking for you. And I'm like, Terrence? Like, I had no context. He's like, Terrence Brown. So now I was a huge fan of, I mean, I was a huge fan of Janelle, and, but also her band members at the time. And Terrence Brown was her MD at the time. And he also was a member of Jazz Specs. And I was like, I never got to see the Jazz Specs. Um, they had disbanded before I moved to Atlanta, but I was a huge fan of them. And I was a huge fan of all those guys. I knew all those guys in that band, okay. like I knew of them. So yeah. and I'm like, Terrence, how does Terrence Brown know who I am? He's like, yeah, I'm with Terrence. Terrence, yeah, I think he was friends with Terrence and Terrence mentioned needing to get in contact with me. And Jackie's like, I know her, I have her number. So he gave Terrence my number, but then he called me. He's like, hey, you need to contact Terrence right now. Okay. Like, and you know, I, when Decky reminded me later who he was, I, I played with he's a drummer. I played with him that day at that church. And what if I, what if, I mean, apparently whatever I did that day was enough for him to remember me three years later. But, you know, I showed up on time, I knew my music, I was yeah. a nice person. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I did, I honored that gig. Which was even my gig. I was just right. subbing for someone for that someone one else. day, three years prior, yeah. And it linked me to the very the biggest gig of my life at that That's time. Crazy. You know, right. like, and I was able to, you know, connect with Terrence. Two two days later, I went to talk with Janelle. Like, I didn't even play for her. I just went to meet with. I met with Terrence RMD, and then her producer Nate Wonder, and then I talked with the Janelle for like an hour, and then the. Two days later I had a plane ticket for my first show with her. Amazing. And we we opened for Prince and I got to perform with Prince. Like like, all from this. From a church
1: gig. (laughs) That's basically what it was. And it wasn't even
0: my gig. I was just subbing. It was just one day, one time, you know, but you never I would have never known.
1: So for context, (laughs) Terrence is Mm -hmm. was with Janelle's camp. Yes. You played with him or was it Well Decky, his friend. So Decky's the drummer.
0: Yes. Decky like was a. No, it wasn't Janelle's drummer. He just no, was I mean, the, the drummer the at the church. Yeah. Yes. And he knew Terrence. And I guess. So I'm he'd been sure. talking
1: to you. He'd been talking about you to Terrence.
0: No, apparently Terrence was looking, trying to figure out how to get in contact with me.
1: Why? That's what I'm saying. Like, did he, had he, they, had they he had, heard of you outside had, of the church I'm assuming possibly? they had. Okay. They already
0: knew. Because they had already seen me play. Like, I, I didn't play for her until after I was invited to do the gig. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. so they knew who I was. Right. But Decky. Can't, Terrence hadn't connected that dot yet. Decky was my mm-hmm. middle person, yeah. you know. Like, I mean, maybe Terrence would have eventually found me, but I just still it just stood out to me. I'm like, wow, Decky yeah. remember me from all those years ago. I mm-hmm. yeah. remember Decky well, or the church. I can't tell you to this day what the name of the church was. Like I just don't remember.
1: But it's still but. amazing. And and th- I think that I'm also hearing relationship mm-hmm. within there. That even though man, maybe you and Decky hadn't spoken in some time. No, but, I hadn't but there was mm-hmm. a rapport. There's a rapport that you have with your band, whether you like you said, whether you sub one time or whether you're the main bassist or vocalist or whatever. Yes. People are going to remember their last
0: interaction
1: interaction with you. Yes. And if it's not pleasant, when when it comes time for an opportunity, even if you are talented enough. Gets right back to the beginning of the conversation, right? right? Where, <laughs> what type of person are you? Yes. What's your reputation? Do people want to be around you? Are you a good hang? That type of stuff. Yes. And if the vibe was off the very last time, that's, that's the context that I have. Yes. That you may create this opportunity or you may create this, in, this energy, positive yeah. or negative again. And I don't want to be responsible. Yes. For that, you
0: know? Yes. So. Wow. <laughs>
1: that's an amazing story
0: <laughs> can i tell you the second it's, please so so earlier that year in july because i have to also shout out my mom so earlier in that year uh in july she had gone to essence festival and she calls me and she's like there's this girl she wears black and white and she had a band and i get to see you in her band i'm like mom wow. it's Monet. i know her like i've been i've been a, i've been a fan of janelle since i was in college and um with her first ep um but I was like mom that's not how it works like she her band's been with her for years and I just, when I <laughs> my mom just thinks since I moved to atlanta I'm just supposed to walk up to people in audition like I'm just supposed to go to mom. Tyler Perry's house and be like hey I'm here you know like so I was just like mom that's not how it works she said like, I'm just telling you, I see it so clearly you're going to be at, at Essence Festival in her band I'm like mom if you see her at Essence Festival now that means she's probably not going to be but like it just doesn't work like that I just Poo-poo, whatever. Moms always
1: know. They always know. Fast forward to December.
0: I get invited to work with Janelle. Fast forward to July of the next year, Prince headlines Essence Festival and requests Janelle to open for him. So just as my mother had seen in her mind that July, literally the very next year, I was on the Essence Festival stage with Janelle in her band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So your mom actually, so was mom's... It was called a prophecy. That's what it sounded uh, like. Listen, right? that's what I say, I mean, like, mommy, mom pre, was that pre deckey
0: That was pre deckey Yeah, my mom. Wow. So I was July of that year, and I and then not me not even knowing that like, December of that year I was gonna get the call. I in July I told my mom it's never gonna happen, mom. She, she's had her band for years. She's not gonna just replace her band. Yeah. Fast forward to December of that year. Now <laughs> I'm in her band, and and we opened for Prince. So it's a Prince story attached if you want to yeah, hear it. So right, right. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so I play. For, I meet with Janelle um I go it was our first show was my first show with her was Mohegan Sun in um, Connecticut I think it's the room is like 100,000 people maybe 40 000, I don't know I'm mm-hmm. not I'm good with I'm bad with numbers but it's a big it's a, lot it's of a big yeah, room
2: right.
0: and <laughs> um so they're like yeah so and I they like Prince would probably come to us son. So that band at that time, they had been at Prince's house. I mean, Prince and Janelle were like this. Okay. That band had met Prince. They'd been to his house. They'd been to Paisley Park. Like they. Yeah. This was nothing for them, but yeah. me. I'm just.
1: They were a match. You that, know, I'm just like, that's oh that's my
0: good. gosh, this is. And I still had no. And I, I still didn't understand at the time that he was going to perform with us. I just knew he. We were opening for him. So, but he, he and Janelle and and she, had, uh, Prince had a single at the time. That was our first song, for the set. Anyway. So they're like, we go to soundcheck and Terrence is like, you know, hey, just heads up, everybody, Prince will probably be walking around. If you see him, you mm. know, especially I'm a new person, don't talk to him, don't look at him, you know? <laughs> I'm like, of course, of course. So we're in soundcheck, we're waiting for Janelle to come and I look in the, in the arena and <gasps> Prince is there and he's walking around. I'm like, oh my God, I keep, with my own eyes, I get to see Prince, right. so I'm just, yeah. this is the pinnacle of uh-huh. my experience so far. I'm watching Prince float around out in the arena and yeah. I'm like, Wow, I've never been this close to him. I was already like, "This is the best thing ever, yeah, right?" Yeah. So, I I just our back then our set used to be like um kind of like an asylum. So we'd have all these white sheets to be like walls, like three walls of white sheets. Okay. And in my peripheral, I see the curtains part, and I'm thinking it's Janelle walking on stage, and Terrence in our in, in our ears, he's like, "Hey, heads up, Prince is on stage. Remember what I said?" And I'm like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I see him you know I'm looking at the peripheral. I see him and I'm like it's amazing like this is up close you right. know so this is now I thought it was the, the pinnacle so then this is now it's it's superseded my yeah, yeah, my. Yeah. and I right. watch him he goes to talk to Kalendo like he knew you know I watch him go talk to you know the people in the band that he knows and he walks right past me And I'm like yeah. oh, in my head I'm like wow, he's so close. And then he he comes and he stands right in front of me. Yeah. So I don't know what to do with my eyes because they say don't look at him. So this is Prince and I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where do, do I look? And advances, he, he, he comes towards me. Yeah, right. I don't know what to do now because I'm not supposed to look at him, not supposed to talk to him when he's approaching <laughs> me. And so I'm sure I look such an awkward duck and I'm just, and Terrence in my ear's like, relax, it's cool. So Prince is like, how long have you been in the band? And I'm I'm like, today's my first day. He's like, I know, like, are you enjoying it? I was like, uh, mm-hmm. yes. He's like, are you any good? I was like, I hope so. <laughs> and then he just floated away. Yeah, like that yeah. was,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, what
0: just yeah. happened? Like it's Prince. And then to top it all off, and then like we started the, fir- we started the first song, which is the song, uh, our show started with a song with She and Prince, and Janelle used yeah. to get wheeled out, and like a, they used to wheel her out, she'd be in a straitjacket. Nice. So they wheel her out, and I'm prepared for that, because that's how we that's practiced that, it. Right, yeah. And the next thing I know, they wheel Prince out the same way he, and he <laughs> performed. So my very first song, my very first performance with Janelle, wow. I also got to play behind Prince. Amazing.
1: And- <laughs> that's amazing. Yo. And I, I, knew you, I knew you were in trouble as soon as you said Prince was walking around, because everybody knows that he's, you know, <laughs> He was going to have an all-female band if he could, right? Oh, at any man. chance he could. So you were you were a target, man, easy and we target. Got just,
0: and like, I got to see him perform. We performed again with him at Essence Festival, and unfortunately, like, um, unfortunately, like, the literally the month before we, I was supposed to finally get my chance to go to Paisley Park, he passed away. Oh, but, yeah. but it still, was an honor to.
1: That's amazing. That is amazing.
0: And I was going to quit music and look what happened.
1: You haven't disrespected or disobeyed your mother since, have you? (laughs) I'm
0: like, mom, what's the lottery (laughs) number?
1: Shout out to mom. (laughs) So uh, let's go backwards for a minute. How did this all get started, though? Like you didn't just, you know, you weren't born with a bass in your hand. (laughs) right? So where did your musical journey begin? You're originally from Miami. Born and raised in Miami, Florida.
0: Um, I took piano lessons when I was nine. I mean, my sister and I took it for like, I don't know, like maybe six months and then we had to stop because my, we didn't practice. So my mom's like, we're not taking it. But that's <laughs> originally where I learned to read music. I like My first foundation was reading music and yeah. piano. And then okay. fast forward to middle school, I had to pick an elective. And I was like, let's just pick orchestra. This looks interesting. And first day of orchestra, the teacher's like, pick your instruments. And I saw this big, tall violin. I was like, well, "I was I got tall early okay and I had a girl for early so I was like I'm gonna play that thing and all the girls are going for choosing violin mm-hmm. and I have kind of like an anti-streak so like I like to go against you know so I was like well I don't want to they're all doing that I'm gonna do this one and my teacher was like no you should probably play the violin like the girls you know this is a bit ba- you know this is you got to be serious if you're gonna play this and I don't like to be told what I can't do right. so then right. I was like, I was adamant now, I have to, I must play this. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm gonna end. I think once my uh, once uh, my teacher saw that I actually had a natural affinity for it, he was mm. super supportive after that. But nice. I started, yeah, and I picked up really quickly on it. And um, I didn't have an under, like, I also grew up listening to music with my dad a lot. So like very old school, like all, that's where I got my love for okay. Stevie and Earth, Wind & Fire and Maze and like, even James Jameson. Like I, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand, I didn't, put the two together like oh the bass that I love there with this is also awesome, what I was playing because it's classical but anyway played that sixth grade and then the orchestra program went away and then in eighth grade uh I was summoned to the band room and the band director was just like I I need somebody to play these tuba parts for my marching band but we don't have any tubas but the school had an old fender mm-hmm. um bass and he's like can you take this home if I, if I let you take it home can you pick it back up and I know you can read the music can you just play my my tuba parts for me, and I was like, oh, sure, okay, and I, oh, somebody, okay. Yeah, so my, yes, I would march with my bass guitar, and somebody would hold a little amp, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I started playing in the, in the, in the band, uh, and I was invited to play, so there's a, in Miami, there was two major, like, performance arts programs in okay. the, in the city, and one of the schools was, uh, uh, came and tapped me, which I didn't understand at the time, it probably was my addition, but they asked me to come play in the high school spring concert with the second jazz band, Mm -hmm. and so I went, I was invited to play with them, and I played the concert, and then I was invited to the program, um, Christopher Dorsey is my beloved band director, he was director of that program, and he tapped me for, uh, to come, it's Miami Northwestern Senior High School, but the performance and visual arts magnet program, and so, in order to be in that program, I had to be in all three bands, so. Jasmine, of course i was you know tap and then i had to play i played upright mm-hmm. and jasmine primarily and then um i had to be in marching band and symphonic band he's like well since you play you play bass um you could just play a tuba you could play on my marching band you know it's, it's a easy transfer i was like mm-hmm. ah. me and my mom were like i don't want to play that big thing i'm a <laughs> girl i don't want to play that st- i didn't want to play that and he's like well what are you going to play i was like i want to play alto sax so he's like okay well you got to come to coming to summer school, like take band class and learn learn the saxophone. So he gave me saxophone and I learned it over the summer. Okay. And um, March of band season started and he was um, looking for, uh, he put out that, you know, people to apply for like section leaders. And I was like, well, what is this? And he's like, well, you're a freshman. You can't be a section leader. And I'm like. Is there a rule that oh, I can't, you know? go again, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, okay, well then go for it. And so I went for it. And I was the first freshman section leader, you nice. know. <laughs> and Mr. Dorsey, I mean, Mr. Dorsey, I mean, his program was amazing. He just recently retired, so this is what I'm, like, um, but he, his program definitely changed my life, but, mm-hmm. and then over the winter break, he needed a, an oboe player. And so he's like, take the oboe home, okay. learn it, and come back. And I took it home and came back and I was first year oboe for of high school. So, wow. you know, but, so just, you but bass is my
1: Quick study though, for music. So yeah. like, you, how old were you when you started playing again?
0: I was nine when I started piano lessons and okay. then I was 11 when I started on upright bass.
1: All right, so this is, a, I mean, that's pretty quick. That's like a five year yeah. run from, from nine to, what'd you say, first uh, first year, yeah. was it? Or yep, yep, yep. freshman year, so I mean, that's, that's cool. So at what point did you say, I think I can do this for a living? Cause I know you said in, 2010 2013 ish it was kind of a turbulent time yes. you were like about to chuck the yes. deuces to music and move on but yeah. when did you when did it click to you to say because at some point you had to have the nerve and the mindset to say i'm moving to atlanta for music yes. so when did you decide you wanted to be a full-time musician okay career?
0: so that happened around uh, so i got my first tour gig Official, like, actually went through in 2009 with Music Soul Child.
2: Okay. He was
0: based in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and with uh, well, 2008 and it ended around 2009. And then I decided, but I had no understanding of music as a crew I don't come from a musical family. Like, music was just like You're the first musician in your family, mm-hmm. okay? Like, especially professional, like to, to pursue yeah, it. Yeah, right. And it was just something that was supposed to, you know, like be extracurricular, help me look good in my college applications, you mm. know. And I started gigging, but I just that was a fun thing. And I never understood it as a way of life or a way Business, to, yeah. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but my first taste of touring, um, so this is, I want to say around maybe 2005, 2006, I had gone to Target one day and I bought some, I was looking for new music CDs. Remember those? Yeah, Remember used yeah. to buy CDs? When we used to go buy <laughs> and, music in
2: person. <laughs>
0: and I was looking for something just new to listen to. And I saw Hidden Beach Records had a new artist. Her name was Onicha and they were i was like at the time i was obsessed with hidden beach record anything that they put up because i was a huge joe scott fan jeff bradshaw like mm-hmm. so i saw hidden beach label i'm like I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna love this so i bought the cd and i got home and i had buyer's remorse because I'm like once i open this package if i don't like it yeah. i'm stuck with it so i was like let me look up this artist and so i looked up her up on her myspace page you remember myspace yeah. <laughs> and i her i loved her voice and i loved me it was they were she was like neo gospel Okay. And it, but it was—I mean—at the time, I was Neo, so it was my life. So mm. I loved anything Neo, so yeah. and I was like, "This is a cool approach." And by the top of her page, she's like, "I'm looking for auditions for my touring band." And I was like, "What is this?" You know, and she was based in California, and I was like, "I, I gotta, I gotta travel for this. This is amazing." Yeah. So I told my mom, and I was like, "Ma, I have to go," and she's like, "Well, you have to take your little sister if you go," because it was summer and like that would be her summer vacation so I was like my mom had a cousin in LA and they they uh we flew out there we stayed at my cousin's yeah. house I went to the auditions I make the band right nice and I'm like oh my god this is incredible and then unfortunately I think I like, couldn't like some funding changed with the the label True. and okay. so she couldn't afford or she couldn't she didn't have the, the budget for an, and an out-of-town yeah. Musicians anymore, so it's the first gig I never had, right? But I made this, but that that opened the door to me, like, what? Mm
1: -hmm. Oh,
0: is this a thing? Yeah. It's it's fast forward to the next year. Now Beyonce uh, announces, "I'm looking for an all woman band." I'm like, surely this is it, (laughs) right? (laughs) So and they were the auditions were in Atlanta. I was like, Mom, please, I got to do this. So we drove up to Atlanta, my mom, Mm -hmm. my sisters, and I, and uh, we stayed um my aunt had a friend who lived here we stayed with them for like the week and um i go to center center stage i think it was the auditions were there and i i get through the auditions they're like thank you but no you know i didn't have the right look i was like okay great but like i'm now like and i was working a job still like i was working as a Graphic designer for like a small, a mm-hmm. small, a uh, small business. Back did you then. went to school for
1: graphic design? Is that I that's did. Right? Yeah. Okay. I
0: ended up. I started out as an engineering major and switched to uh, to graphic design because yeah. like once I got to physics four, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. So, but I was working and I was still gigging at home on the side. I had a you know a day a day job and then, uh, next year I get a message on MySpace. So at this time I might have had like one picture on my because I was I was very anti my space at the time I was what is this I didn't have a Facebook at first you're a rebel like, at heart I can tell you <laughs> everyone was doing it so I did not want to do it and um, I put I had one picture and I didn't even have a video up I just had a picture of me holding a base and I think that's about it and I kept getting for like two weeks I was getting this message like hey my boss wants to talk to you like wants to meet you and I'm just like so and it was a Sunday I remember and I checked again. I'm like the the person that sent the message is like, okay, it's my last attempt. I'm trying to get in contact with you, and I was like, okay, let me just let me just indulge. Let me just see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I respond. I'm like, I don't. What is this about? She's like, I'm sure you know who I work with. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know. And she's like, well, I work for Music Soul Child, and he's trying to put together a band. We want to bring you to Philadelphia to audition. I'm like. You know, I'm, Mrs., I'm Mrs. Neo Soul. I still don't know how she found me. I I didn't. I just. I didn't but even it's a have a clip. right? Yeah. That's what it was, is. You it had was just, no
1: music on the no side. No music. I just I had
0: a picture of me holding the bass. No videos. But God no. sent it my way, and mm-hmm. I, they flew me to Philadelphia. And they're like, "You have to learn the show." I learned his whole show in like three days because because I was a huge. I mean, I'm Neo Soul Do you at this how time. Many songs? I mean, it was like an. The set was maybe an hour hour, an hour long set. Okay. Um, but I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a music so child. And I go, audition, I make the band. We, we this time we actually we we, uh, we actually rehearsed for like a week in D.C. Okay. and then things changed. He decided not to go with this band. He was gonna use his old band. And I'm like, you know. But the following year, he moved to Atlanta okay. and decided to do the girl band thing again. Mm-hmm. And they uh, for me to come, I came back to Atlanta, yeah. auditioned Now I'm in the band for real now. And it, it we. Yeah. I'm I'm on my first tour gig and like, I mean, I found myself on my 25th birthday on stage in London, you know, the next day we were in Paris, like I had never traveled outside of the country and we went to Japan, like we did two U.S. runs and my mind was just like, wow, this is so, and then that gig ended around Thanksgiving. The following year, he changed bands, um, as (laughs) music is prone to do, um, I went home and I'm like, yeah, I cannot go back to my old life. Yeah. And so you I, still
1: have the job. You still mm-hmm. had the yeah. Graphic like when design I would come home, it was
0: a they were it was a small company and my bosses were really very flexible. With you. Yeah, okay. they were. That was cool. Um, and but I went back and I was like, I can't. Like I have to, and I thought in my mind, in my mind I was like, I I need to go to LA. Like this is where all the musicians go mm. to LA or New York. I didn't, I knew I didn't like New York, so I wasn't going there. And okay. LA kind of reminded me of home. So I was like, I'm, this is, I have to, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work. And then I, just kept feeling like I was like no you need to go to Atlanta and I'm like I don't know that country town like I've been in Atlanta for like sorry Atlanta you know but it was very country to me you know like no water it's you know and I'd been in and out with music for a year in Atlanta right but I just kept anytime I thought about when anytime I thought about I'm a rambler so you can stop me at any time no, no, you're okay good. Good. um anytime I would was trying to make like the LA plans happen it just was all this friction and every time I thought about Atlanta I just kept having peace and I was like well well God I don't even have a place to stay like I can't move to Atlanta mm, I don't know anybody in Atlanta trying
1: not to move I got
0: you like the next day and I promise sure y'all this is how it worked out my aunt my mom's sister you know remember so remember when I told you when um I came to Atlanta to audition, my mom, we yeah, stay with my-
1: Beyonce audition. Yeah, yeah.
0: we stay with my aunt's friend. So my aunt calls me, my aunt used to live in Atlanta, my mom's sister, and she called me, she's like, yeah, God told me that you're supposed to go to Atlanta, so I made arrangements for you to stay on Um until you get your own place. So you And I literally just said the night before, I don't even have a place to stay, God. <laughs> I was, just, I need to, you know, and my aunt calls me the next day, she's like, yeah, I made arrangements for you to stay on Crabbers. I do not even know how my aunt knew I was wanting to go to Atlanta. Like, it's not like I talked about it. So wow. I was like, okay good." so I guess I'm going. And January 2010, I moved January 10th, 2010. I drove my little, I had a Mitsubishi Galant at the time for all my stuff in there. I couldn't put my upright in there and stuff. I used to be able to get my upright in there without stuff. But anyway, I packed up everything I could pack up and I moved <laughs> to Atlanta and I stayed with my uncle for a little bit, it's my aunt's ex-husband. And um, I started getting antsy. And I was like, well, I, if I don't have my own place by July, I'm going back to Miami. And I, I moved into my first apartment July 1st. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time I was just like, God, like, God would just line things up for me. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. even, you know, even subbing at the church when I first moved right. to Atlanta right. led, said.
1: Yeah, because that set everything up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, once you got here, that was, that. I don't know what you did before that, but yeah. that, that was one of the. The opportunities that led to yes. One of your most major stable major, yes. <laughs> opportunities with a major artist. So it's it's interesting to thread so if if anybody personifies musically hits, <laughs> it's you. Because you're almost trying to get away from this thing. <laughs> and the hitch is it's <laughs> pulling you. Yes. And and, and the, peep, the 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 amazing thing is when you're when it's your destiny. Like, even though you were almost, because we know you're rebellious now, mm-hmm. right? So you're almost running from it a little bit yes. and it's calling you. People are lining up and and doing things for you without you asking yes. for it. That is serving you and allowing you to, back to the word honor again, yes. honor which sounds like a calling for yeah. you, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they 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 hustle and they, they grind and we're in this culture that everybody feels like, you know, you're watching social media and you feel like everybody must be, making a million dollars a minute right, all over the world, right? right? And everybody's just, you just get all the gigs. And for, this is going to be an eye-opener for some people. Mm-hmm. Because for those people that may think that you have had to politic your way into things or you just networked your way in or you, whatever, you a lot of these gigs you didn't even really want. Or you I were just, just, I just bought an album and I, there, <laughs> was, there was an audition. Or Beyonce's it and just happens to be in Alana, mm-hmm. Atlanta. I'm on MySpace and somebody reaches <laughs> out to me and I don't even have a video. Yeah. That's not really trying, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you, but you have a love for music. Yes. And you have a love to. You have to be the way you are. Yeah. To to succeed in this business, yes. as far as I'm concerned, because how do you have the the guts when you get in an audition on center stage, whether you get the gig or not, you still got to have the the guts to audition for Beyonce. I just right.
0: What, Some what people would never go. Me. Is
1: my point. They would never even. They would never get on a plane and go to California. Yeah, you have
0: to. To. You to just do have, it. What, yeah. I feel like I just believe what God gave me. Like I, clearly, God gave me. God believes in something in me that Correct. I don't even see. Right, and exactly. so that's like I don't trust myself, mm. but I trust God. And yeah. every time God has opened a door, I've always been like for real like for mm-hmm. me like yeah. okay let's let's go right. like and i felt unprepared every time and
1: and you went anyway and i
0: went in yeah. <laughs> well, that's
1: huge She you know, went anyway like, <laughs> yeah.
0: i i have to trust god and i i trust god with my life and like i don't i just want to live my life and mm-hmm. do the best that i could do and be the best that i can be and i don't know how to make things happen for myself i yeah. don't yeah i show i just show up I just show up. I go to the gig. I get the call. I'm there. You call me to sub. I'm there. I go to the the jam session. I'm there. Like you I just show up, up even when it. I don't, even when yeah. I don't feel qualified, mm-hmm. which is most of the time. Even now, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like
1: how we show up is huge. <laughs> and I was just, I was just this this me of something that I heard just literally just a couple of days ago. How we show up is everything. Mm-hmm. Like the physical show up is the first way. Yes. To show up, and then there's the level of confidence or the level of pr- preparation. All of those things matter, but but you can't do anything if you don't show up. You can't. You cannot.
0: Even can- if you show up scared, <laughs> I just told my daughter this the other, the other
1: day. If you d- do it, do it scared, but but do it anyway, right? Because you may you'll find the confidence, particularly if it's meant to be. You'll yes. find it. You got to like you said. You got to trust your skill. You got to trust your work. Yes. You got to trust your faith. Your faith, yes. your faith in yourself, faith in, your God, faith in God is one thing, faith in yourself, because yes. like you said, God might want something for you that you don't want. Mm-hmm. And so you sabotage mm-hmm. your opportunities by not showing up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the level of quality. So it's just, it's, that's deep, that's very, very heavy. And I, and I <laughs> like the fact that, that you're open to it because it's opened doors. But what type of person have you become? as a result let's take the base out of it okay. just all of these experiences that you've had because Janelle Monae to Prince to didn't get the Beyonce gig to, <laughs> to whoever music soul child what type of person has Tasia become in this process
0: um I definitely think it's made me more tenacious you know like I especially moving away from everything I knew and for a dream mm. that I didn't even understand because it's I didn't have a blueprint for it. Like I don't like I don't come from it's like mm. I was like, Oh yeah, my uncle did this. Like I understand how yeah. to be a musician or I understand yeah. how to you know, and and then and then learning how to deal with the nose and mm. not and not internalizing mm. the nose. There's <laughs> so many nos you get, you know? Yes, like right. I mean it was several no's I just lined up before I got mm-hmm. even, even my first yes was a no <laughs> you yeah, know. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like um You just, just learning how to just, like, trust your instinct, and also, like, I feel like it's made me more of, like, a go-getter, like, I just, Mm -hmm. I have to do it, you know, like, even when I want to quit, and I want to quit 85.78% of the time, (laughs) you know, like, I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm a worrier naturally, and I get in my head a lot, and it's like, I like to know, I like to feel like I'm in control, Mm -hmm. and I feel like my whole career has been nothing that I've controlled, like, it's, Right. I don't I don't know if that makes sense like
1: do you feel like do you try to control the situation through your preparation like cuz you've heard no even after you the audition you've got the audition that's yes. a yes but then you don't get the gig that's a no mm-hmm. so how does that impact the way you prepare for things these days
0: I uh, I just make sure I still am like I, I don't let it I can't be lax like and I I have I've had to be willing to like um uh what do you call it like evolve mm-hmm. and like okay so i'll use i'll use i'll use the current gig i'm on right now so okay. with little yeti right. i so i remember so this gig is different and uh his his new project is like musically is different for me it's um it's like psychedelic rock a little bit like influences and so i'm having to use pedals and i'm having to like like it's a different type of music but even before that like i'll i'll, I'll just be honest like i people sent me like the notifications for his audition and at first i was like no like i'm not i'm i'm i'm, I'm not ashamed of my age i'm 39 now i just turned 39 but i'm like i'm i felt aged out i was like this is not for me this is this is not my age group and then this is not my wheelhouse i'm not i'm not a hip-hop girl like this is his music is trapped like you know and then um i just kept getting the people kept sending me like hey this you know he's so that's for- how it came about people yeah. people
1: were actually you weren't looking for Mm-mm. an audition again people are thinking about you because mm-hmm. they've but it was publicized, It was like, publicized on social yeah. media or something. And
0: like. I got I kept being tagged in the post or like people were sending me the post. And so this was this happened early this year. so like last I had been in a space again, like, what am I doing in my life? Like what's next for me? Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling like kinda out of place. Like especially since the pandemic, like I just I didn't really know how to get back out there. I just didn't I was in a weird mm-hmm. space. And I was okay. just like, Maybe I need to it was kind of the same space I was able to Janelle. get. Okay, maybe I just need to think about moving on. And so it's in January, so I started getting in. And then my bandmate, uh, Jay LaToya, the drummer, we, uh, we were with music together. And we also have our own band, Venus. And she's like, Tasia, I, she kept getting tagged too. She's like, I just think we should just go. And, and then the day of the auditions, like I had a rehearsal that day already. And then it was like tornadoes that day in Atlanta. And I was like, this is a sign just gonna stay home like it's <laughs> clearly as it' not meant for me and Jay Jay was like Tasia just ride with me we'll go together and you know we we're like you know what we're just gonna show up like we're just gonna at least we'll be showing God like I'm open yeah. like you know and we get to the auditions and I never got to audition because it would but by the time I got there it was like five o'clock mm-hmm. they had already auditioned musicians and you know they had to leave the building at seven so I never auditioned yeah and I was like well At least I showed up. It's fine, you know. And (laughs) like two weeks later I get a call from the MD inviting me to be on the gig. You know, like the first person didn't work out Mm -hmm. and he was like, Had I known you were there, I would have I would've let you come in like you would have had the gig, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like what? And then I hear the music and I'm like, oh, and
2: no, I understand. Yeah, it's, right. this,
0: it's music. It's got bass lines. There's two songs <laughs> that lead with bass. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Like, you know, and it's like, the, the the music is interesting. It's fun. It's, it's got old school flavor, which is yeah, my wheelhouse, yeah. you know, uh-huh. um. but it made me feel really relevant again because here's this young superstar yeah. that I feel, I feel, I don't fit. Don't fit. I, right. Clearly, I'm older than this guy by 15 years, you know, like, 15, little less, but still I'm just, (laughs) you know, I mean, (laughs) I didn't feel hip, you know, he's this young trendy guy and I, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know what the kids are doing these days, you know, and, but they saw something in, in me and like his MD, so his MD is Tony Russell, bass player. And I was like, wow, the fact that even Tony Russell knew who I was, I'm like, Okay, like this is, I never, when Tony reached out to me, I was like, how are you, how do you know who I am? He's like, of course I know who you are, which is very validating to me too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I just feel like every time I, if it was up to me, I wouldn't be on that gig because I would have, I, I would have crossed myself out of it. I was like, oh, it's too old. It's raining. It's, you know, like I but i still but had i never shown up he would have never known i was there and Mm -hmm. reached out to me you know like i still had to go i still had to put it out there like i still have to i'm like people and i feel like this message is more for more so now for like people who feel like they've done it Mm -hmm. and they should they should just come to you you still have to be in a posture of like openness and like still put yourself out there i could have easily just been like i'm you, I, you know why do I have to audition you know mm-hmm. you can't ever be too big right. I, that's at least me and then I mean maybe they'll get to a point where I'm like you know I won't have to but why not like yeah. I'm I'm still aspiring and then this is excuse me it's giving me an opportunity to be in a new market mm-hmm. to like be like to to like be relevant in, 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 in this new scene, you know, mm-hmm. like post pandemic world, like yeah. I'm just grateful for it. <laughs> Another open
1: door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I think, I think your, your willingness to, to, to try your willingness to, to show up. And like you said, your humility, you're very mm-hmm. humble, right? So you, pr- <laughs> you pursue things with the, with a confidence, but not a cockiness. Yes.
2: I think that, that's, you. that's I like that. one of your greatest
1: assets is that you go you go for it as if it, it is mine, but if it's not yours, it doesn't. It doesn't stop you. Yes, yes. And I think that for some people, maybe the reason why they have not been able to remain musically hits is because they have gotten some of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. They've knocked on the door, the door was open, and then it was closed, mm-hmm. and they saw that as a sign that I should quit. I should give up. Maybe this is not for me. You, alternatively, have said, "Well, it must be something to that." That door must mean another one. That that door says I'm qualified. Yes. That door says I'm I'm welcome, even if the answers. Cause it's different when someone doesn't have the budget for a tour. Right. And they wanted you. Right. Versus you never you even got past exactly. the first round. Exactly. And even if you don't get past the first round, there have been numerous people on the show that have auditioned and, and gotten calls or just I haven't haven't asked you this question yet, and I'm going to. Uh, some musicians have blown it. They've gotten on the gig. There was funding. <laughs> they did have a full tour, and they messed up, mm-hmm. and they still did not give up. Have you ever messed up on a gig?
0: Um, it's it's not a gig, but it's a it was an opportunity to record. So, and I, I blew it. Mm-hmm. I with an artist like um, it's I hope they don't mind me telling the story. It's Avery Sunshine. So I'm I love Avery, and I was recording. I was I was recording at a studio. That I think her studio was based, and she, I was recording with for another artist, um, Twisted Royalty is like a band. I was recording with them, and I guess she heard, she could hear it, and she came to our studio and she's like, Who's that on bass? And I was, you know, it's like, It's me. And she's like, Can you come to my studio? Like, my studio's down, you know. It was her and Dana. And I went to meet with them afterwards and, I'm like, Man, you sound so good. Your feel is perfect for this song that they weren't gonna use bass on, mm-hmm. but they heard me, and they're like, they can you do it? And I was, in the moment I was, I was scared and I was like, well, can I take it home and record it at home? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I went home and I did not record. Like I just let my, like I recorded it, but i never sent it to them. And. Oh, okay. I, so so it deadline. wasn't that,
1: Okay. So you didn't meet the deadline. Mm-hmm. I gotcha.
0: I just let my fear of, and I just felt, I don't know. And I'm like, when I look back, I'm like, but they heard me. They heard wow. they heard yeah, me play yeah. and invited me to record based off what they heard. And I and they I mean they were gracious to me because they wanted me to record it in the moment, like on the spot. And I was like, Oh, I made up some excuse. I was like, You're Can I have a studio yeah. at home? Can I just I just rec- I can knock it out at home? And they I got home, Dana sent me the the chat to record to and I did record to it. I just never
1: What do you think it was that what I mean?
0: I never sent it.
1: Was it did you not like the way it sounded? Your recording. Just, Were you over judgmental? I think so. What would you, in other words, what would you change now?
0: I would just, I would just send it, like, and they, I would have given them the opportunity to say no yeah, or right. re-record it or whatever. But I was trusted with it, and I never did anything with it. And
2: hmm.
0: I mean, it was for her her album that got really big. It was like a it, the oh, I don't know if it should t- say the song or not, but it was it was Sweet Afternoon, which is one of my favorite songs, and. I blew it. Mm. I that, And that could have been my window maybe to even
1: work with her. Right, you know, right, like, who right. knows?
0: I could have been recording. Like,
1: and you have, I, even with all of your success, you haven't had that opportunity. No. And since. she's, oh. and I
0: love them both. They're always super kind to me. Like, I see. Like You've seen them since. Yeah, and, uh, she's, yeah. I mean, she's very supportive. Like, I, but, and one of my friends works with her now. He's, okay. like, been playing bass with her for years. And I'm like, who knew? That maybe could have been me. Maybe I could have been recording with yeah. them more. Maybe that yeah. would have been my avenue into more, like, recording, which right. is an... Which is uh, like I would really love to get more in that mm-hmm. in that circuit too, but like I was trusted, and I they, they literally handed me the ball, and I was just like, yeah, I just for I yeah. don't know, I think about it all the time. I'm like, why well, I don't even know why I did. I yeah. just was insecure, and mm-hmm. I got in my head, I went home and I just was like, I don't really know why I did it, but I didn't. Yeah. And
1: Well it's, it's, it's helpful that you that you're willing to share that, and thank you for your transparency. <laughs> Um, if you had to look in that camera right there yes. what would you tell the person who is on the brink of doing that they're, they have an opportunity now mm-hmm. they are gifted, they are talented they're musically hitched but maybe they just lack the confidence to believe that it's, that it's for them what would you say to that person
0: uh, just do it It sounds cliche. It's the the Nike slogan, whatever. But like, just do it. Like, you have to trust yourself, and more than anything, you have to trust what. In my instance, it's God. Mike, I trust what God has given me even more than I trust myself. And you just sometimes you only get one shot, and you can't blow it. Like you know, it's. You just have to take. You just have to take the, the shot. I wish I had a sports reference. I'm not really a sports person. Like, <laughs> just what is the call when they kick the?
1: Trey Young did it last night. <laughs> go Hawks! I'm just saying just... he, he pulled it from half court, and that's you the reason we're in the series you, right you now. You've got to just go for it. You just, go for for it. You just have
0: shot. to. You, life is short, and yeah. you just don't know when your next opportunity is going to come. And just because you prepare, 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 doesn't mean the opportunities are going to come to you. You could be the very best, and it doesn't mean you're ever going to get the shot. But if you do have it, take it take Mm -hmm. it don't be afraid of the no you could have it but it could be a yes it could be the yes that you need (laughs) and you never know like it's not guaranteed that that opportunity is going to come back to you in my case it was you know i had a shot and i blew it and Mm -hmm. maybe it'll come back to me but maybe it never will but like Mm -hmm. we only have this one life nothing is promised in this life and if you like when you have the shot take it period and just be proud that you took the shot That's and good. don't yeah. and take it without expectation too like just because you take the shot doesn't mean it has to go in the basket or like you know it should but the act of you taking the shot is it's it's that that's important, mm. not that if that not making it.
1: The shot. If you make it,
0: you. awesome. But if not, you took the shot and somebody saw you take that shot, yeah. and they might remember you. Oh, you know, I know this guy who can make this half. I saw them make a half court shot before, you know. Like uh-huh. right.
1: you never know because yeah. it's all about
0: who knows you. It's not about who you know. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. good
1: stuff. Talk to me about money management as a professional mm-hmm. musician like you so you you get the gigs yes they pay you well or they don't right mm-hmm. or somewhere in the middle <laughs> right but how do you manage not so much like exactly what you do but mm-hmm. what's your philosophy I would say on money management particularly being a touring musician because they can start and they can stop really quickly
0: yes i i have always thought it was important to live just a little below my means mm-hmm. you know so a lot of people Try to be flashy and like, look at me! Like I'm doing this big thing. I can afford these big things, and wow. I've always tried to live just below. So that way, when so it's great when the gig when the money is flowing, it's great, and you can you can stack. You can have within when the money dries up, mm-hmm. <laughs> the gigs. You know, tour season's over. Winter comes. There's no gigs around the time around the city. You still have money yeah. there too. And then also, I mean, I also just always felt like it was really important to diversify. So like, I try not to pigeon myself. Pigeonhole myself in just one arena, like I'm. I'm only a touring basis. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna play at Apache Cafe mm-hmm. or Arena or Cafe Two Ninety or well, just not. You know, like I always try to make sure I had mm-hmm. multiple. You know, I could play at church. I could play here. I could play with this jazz band. I could play with this corporate band. I could play. Mm-hmm. So then that way, I'm, I'm having multiple streams coming in yeah. and like multiple seasons. Like you know, like mm-hmm. you know, like for example, like if I'm a basketball player, basketball season is here to here and then I'm off mm-hmm. the ba- I mean, but I try to be like as a play- bas- basketball player and a baseball player so like yeah. you know like this season's up I've got yeah. this money over here for this season you know like
1: yeah. so you have a <laughs> it's a seasonal it's seasonal work mm-hmm. often right even though you may not know what the season is right but you know it's coming to an end yes right? especially as a touring musician yes so that's very different than playing at a church like Decatur right. City for example where Fifty-two weeks a year. Right, I was on salary, and that was the church is going to be open, and somebody's going to be making music, right? So it could be you, or maybe not, but that's going to happen. That's a constant. Yes. So you believe in diversification, but within music, do you do things outside of music now as well for income, or do you just stick with music? I had
0: since I moved here, I I had like when I decided to move to pursue music full time. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I have just been able to do music. It's been different times of music, but like I, but I'm not above. I'm not above I feel like it's a, I feel like any way you can fund your dream fund it if mm-hmm. if you can uber uber if you could you know like um so I consider my job um the the job that I had at church it was a staff position. like it started out as MD and then I moved into another role that was more administrative like mm-hmm. in the corporate office and so that to me it was so musical but it was it was at that time um more corporate and mm-hmm. um the benefit of that was having you know like insurance and having a you know, salary but it's still you know i had to talk myself into not um once i got out of like the more hands hands on music role like creation role like md and moving it i moved into like a i was like the staff advocate for musician contractors so it was music adjacent but i wasn't creating mm-hmm. anymore and i had a hard time with that fit like feeling like oh i'm not a I I felt like a sellout for a little bit, like oh my gosh, I'm not I'm not a musician, like I'm I'm corporate now. And even though I still had gigs and stuff on the side, it's still I had to teach myself, like no, it's okay, like mm-hmm. it, this is a pivot. It's it, it was a step up, but it's it doesn't make me any less of a musician. Isn't right. be, by yeah. having a job that's not directly hands on bass, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It, and I think that's important for any of us to like keep in mind, like whatever you do, as long as it's it's helping you progress it doesn't to me it's there's honor in it period like you're just you're funding your dream whether you're literally playing and getting paid to play or doing this that can help buy your equipment for your studio mm-hmm. or help buy your next instrument or buy, like there's honor in all of it like just you just want to work and and be able to keep funding your yeah. passion and sometimes it's a direct you know it's a direct line and sometimes it might be a little bit more mm-hmm. abstract but You know, there's no dishonor in having to go like my I have a friend. Uh, PJ Sprackens, he's a—I mean—incredible drummer, incredible producer. He writes music, you know, and he's—I mean—he plays festivals. He's playing all over the place, but he also drives a bus, a school bus, in the daytime. And okay. but but also look how he's able to like connect with those children and like he got to perform for the kids. Like he's st- so he's still to me like planting uh, musical seeds even yeah, in that right. aspect. But he's also able to still live. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. just keep it real. He's like, keeping it real. The, right? I feel like the pandemic, if nothing else, taught us. You mm-hmm. need to have another need to have right, another chicken. That it could like, go away. Yeah, it, right. none of us, like all of us, they tell you safe for a rainy day, mm-hmm. not a rainy year. A rainy- <laughs> how do you, how do you anticipate a rainy era? You yeah, know, like era, right. you, you can't. And a lot of us were stuck. You mm-hmm. know, like
1: yep. you don't, you just that's real, that's
0: real. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no way any of us. I, there's no judgment because there's no way any of us could have prepared mm-hmm. for that. That's true. We yeah. couldn't. Right. There's we had no scope. Like. But I think if nothing, if, if before they try to tell you, to, you know, now we, I think it's clear. Like it's okay to diversify mm-hmm. music. Music diversity is great, but also, you know, like if you got to do some other things to stack. If you have to, you know, name a game is like passive income too. If you, there's ways you can make, you have some passive income coming in. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to work on. You know, like I think it's yeah. As long as you're just moving forward, you know. There's no judgment on how you move forward. Just right. move forward. <laughs> right.
1: What are some of your uh, challenges as a female music <laughs> entrepreneur? If there, if there are any. Oh, boy. <laughs> Pun intended. Right? But this, this male dominated. Yes. it's a male-dominated. Yes. It's always been that way. Yes. We know that you stand out by way of your pink strings. And I love that. Like we talked about off camera. Uh, but how do you deal with the challenges being a female in the industry?
0: It's not easy, you know, like, but I it just goes back to I just know what God gave me. But, like, it doesn't diminish like sometimes how frustrating it is. like, for example, getting pigeonholed in like the girl band box. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked like I never marketed myself as girl musician. I just. It was, I'm a musician who's also a woman, you know, like yeah. I've never, so even and anytime there's been like these girl band calls, it's always a little, little bit of hesitancy for me because like I didn't start, I didn't, my starting playing wasn't, I was the only girl mm-hmm. when I was starting gigging, like, you know, it wasn't like super popular as it is now. And I never wanted to be put in that, excuse me, that box because like people think that you can only do all up in gigs, you mm-hmm. know, or only right. be good for that scenario. And it's like, well, I'm just a musician, yeah. period. But period. that's something right. that you just have to, I don't know if that's going to ever go away. Like, you mm-hmm. know, fighting against that or like fighting to be taken seriously. For example, I never realized how many people look at my strings and don't take me seriously because they're pink. Mm-hmm. I just thought they're oh, really? pretty. Yeah. They're neon, they glow in the dark, they make you stand out on stage. I'm yeah. like, this is fun, but like... I've had some gigs like in the past year where like sound guys don't cheat me with respect. They're like, because I have a pink cable. Like I'm like, it's it's a it's a curling cable. This is a seventy dollar cable. This is not Interesting. my little yeah. you know my little pony. But right. because it's pink, now you think I don't know what I'm ta- you know. Uh. Or I've had guys think I don't know how to put my settings on my amp. I I was on a gig with Frank McComb. Frank McComb. Now if Frank McComb has hired me to play for him. I must mean I'm no slouch because it's Frank McComb, right? Right. And I'm on a gig with him and we're in a sound check and I'm playing and a bass player that had come to check him out, walks up to my amp and just starts changing settings. He's like, oh yeah, I was in the audience and I just thought you might want it to sound like this. Wow. I was like, I don't even know you. Why would you, if I were a man, would you have ever come touch my amp, true, aunt, true, like, true. Never, he would have never done that. Why do you think I don't know? Do you think I'm not a professional? I'm on this gig. Yeah, I'm on the
1: stage. Yeah, you're well, not. You, <laughs> you know,
0: but like this things like that. I have a lot of times I have to play dumb. I have to pretend like I'm not understanding the any windows that you're sending out. Is there. Is there a
1: female tax? You know, that, is there a female tax in the music industry?
0: I think so. I just think it's a it's like a double standard. It's like kind of okay. Same way with being. Uh, a person of color. Let's say you have to be twice as good to be considered equal. Mm-hmm. Same with being yeah, a woman. Yeah, that's black tax,
2: but black tax you know, It's the yeah.
0: girl tax. Yes, you have to be twice as good to be kids. And then it's also the it's, it's the double standard in industry. Do they want a musician or do they want somebody that looks good? Okay, if you you know like mm-hmm. a, there there was a time when yeah. I had gone out for a gig and they asked me to be the ghost player because they and they preferred a model who didn't know how to play at all. They wanted her to hold the bass. They mm-hmm. wanted it. To, me to play the, the music Wow! and this is from a respected producer and I'm like no I'm not doing that so but they didn't want
1: you to play they didn't I didn't have real. to look oh, in the, on, the, on the screen right? they
0: wanted they hired a model who couldn't play mm-hmm.
1: purposefully right
0: but she had to look mm-hmm. and but they wanted me to ghost play behind her right mm-hmm. I'm like yeah no that's not happening yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah, it's it's no. also with girls, girl musicians, sometimes it's about how you look like and less about how you how you perform or or if you are good looking, you're, maybe they just automatically think you can't play or it's just a, it's a lot of like interesting mm. games you have to play. You know, like, you know, I have um, and it just goes back to reputation too, like I've made it a, like a concerted point, like when I moved here, like I was not going to date in the industry like uh-huh. I was not dating because I didn't need anybody oh she just got that gig because she's so and so's girlfriend or right. oh she only did that, that because stigma. she right. she you know, flirted yeah. her way on his you know so I have to, had to be like make mm-hmm. a point to like be super stoic and like I don't blur those lines because I just want to be respected as a musician not you know, and right. I don't want anybody to attribute my excess, yeah. my success to no
1: opportunities to yeah, suggest, you right. know,
0: like it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. it just, but you have to think about those things. And I yeah. tell girls all the time, like your reputation, like you only have one time to mess that up. Like true. then you're known for this now, yeah. and like right. you know, like and some guys, I'm not, it's it's just not as a uh, it's some guys like you just slap on a like yeah, you know, guys, their dating reputation, I just leave it at dating reputation is not considered as harshly as if you're a woman you know like the reputation you know a guy might get celebrated for this you see a double standard that's Mm -hmm. what you that's what Mm you say
1: what about when it comes to pay like how do you negotiate your pay not just as a we'll, we'll add that to it right but just as a musician in general at this stage in your career how do you negotiate your pay and then maybe a dumb question but do you feel that as a female you have to ask for more or Do you feel like you're getting the exact same pay as your male counterparts? Uh,
0: It depends on the gig. Um, For me, like as far as feeling like I've gotten fair treatment, like there's some gigs where I know that it's fair, and sometimes some gigs I've been like, oh, you know, and I
1: it's oh, meaning what? Too low? Or mm -hmm. okay?
0: Like, but some a lot like a a lot of times I didn't know ahead. I knew after the fact. I'm like, what? That's what you're getting, and this is what I'm not getting. You know, Uh, and it's. mm -hmm. I, I try to I don't know I don't I don't walk around like uh, mis- with mistrust you know like I just try to take everything as it yeah, comes right, you right. know but then once I learn I'm not afraid to then be like hey why is this like this like mm-hmm. why am I not getting this and and I can't say it's been like uh, I don't think like I do feel like the gigs that I'm associated with or have been associated with for the majority of them have been fair. You know, and like I've been treated fairly, and in any, if when there's been instances when I feel like I haven't, I've just left. Mm-hmm. I've just left the gig. And then I do know, like, there's a certain thing that's like paying dues, and like you have to start somewhere to get somewhere. And there, I don't have like a hard line pay-wise. Like sometimes, to me, an opportunity might be worth, you know, worth the like. There's, I don't think I, I don't lowball myself any any longer. But right. I just, I'm not. So super money driven like it's it's money and opportunity Mm -hmm. for me and that's just how I kind of like base things but if there's ever an instance where I feel in my gut that I'm being mishandled or mistreated or then I I address it and if it's if it's not something that I feel feel like it's beneath me or like demeaning to me then I will I have no problems walking away from it but Gotcha. Yeah. And I feel like if you just pay attention, you can know which opportunities is like sketch. You're like, mm, yeah, I'm not going to even do that. <laughs> right. Like, you you know, like, yeah, yeah. but I don't I'm still trying to grow and I'm still trying to like, you know, I'm no Adam Blackstone just yet. So I'm trying to, <laughs> 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 You know, I'm still very open and I don't have any I don't personally have any hard lines like I if I enjoy it. Sometimes I might take less cause I enjoy mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. this is fun or I like the people I'm playing with or this is at home, it's a Tuesday night. I wasn't gonna be doing anything on a Tuesday night anyway. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll go do this gig. You yeah. know, like, you Depends know, on the, it, on the it, it's very circumstantial. Yeah. Right. And, but also like, if I know your intent is to take advantage of me, no. Once I figured that out, yeah. it's a hard That's no. A
1: yeah. right. mm-hmm. What are your aspirations for the future? Huh, what's nice next question. for Tajaville <laughs> and let people know where they can find your excellent product because I know you got some out there
0: <laughs> um wow I love this question because it's, it's like I like to dream um I would love okay well several things I would love to work on uh sorry um definitely work on more original music. I have released a cover EP in 2017, and you can find it on my Bandcamp page. It was a free download, I gave away on my birthday. Um, And then I released my original single in May of 2020, Um, and you can find it everywhere where music is distributed, it's called Go. Um, I wrote it, I uh, produced it, I arranged it, I sung it, <laughs> played bass on awesome, it. Awesome. <laughs> and I And my friends also joined me on it, but it's my first original offering, and I'm looking forward to doing more of that um, in this year, in the coming years. Um, my dream gig, um, well, I would love to play for like a living legend. Okay. And they're like, I mean, Stevie Wonder, but Mr. Nathan Watts has been there forever, and he's so nice, but like, if ever he decided, you know what, yeah, I just song, don't want right? to do, <laughs> call me, I would love, like, I just want to do, like, play, like, for a legend.
1: You got to put it out there. Oh, there and then I
0: would love to yeah. do, like, one huge, like, world tour, like, super huge production tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, in my heart of hearts, like, I would love to be, like, um, like, an MD for, like, a house band for, like, a late night show. I feel like that's like a nine to five that I could have yeah, yeah, right. that's still musical and like diverse every day. That yeah. I can go home and have a family, you know, like, yeah. you know, but that's that's something I hope. I was hoping that Atlanta, the TV scene in Atlanta would pick up, but it hadn't mm. really.
1: I think it's coming. It's oh. coming. Yeah. Well,
0: listen, it's coming. Call me. Call yeah. me. <laughs> but yeah, that would be fun. Uh, that would be I hope in my future something that's coming up for me. In the future,
1: awesome. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media and online?
0: You can find me at hello. I'm Tasia. So at hello. I-M-T-E-J-A. So I'm like with no apostrophe. Not I am. A lot of people think I'm saying I. You no. Know. Hello. I'm T E J A. And that's my ban- My website hello. I'm Tasia.com. It links you also to my socials. To you can see a list of uh, my recordings that I've done over the years. Um, it links to my Instagram. I'm I'm more so an IG girl. I don't TikTok. I just you know, I know I'm supposed to, I'm irrelevant by not being on TikTok, but it's so much to keep up with. So yeah, hello, I'm Tasia. That takes you everywhere. Hashtag hello, I'm Tasia. Yes. Well, thank
1: you so much for being on the show. Thank it's, you. For it's listening. been amazing to have you. You have an incredible, incredible story. Your journey is is unlike probably anybody that's been on the show at this point. <laughs> and I and I just think you are the epitome of musically hits, like I said earlier. Like music has, has chased you and you've chased it back yes. and you guys have just made a, an incredible couple. So thank you. <laughs> just keep just keep it going. I, I think everything that you that you want, you're gonna manifest and it's gonna happen and, and you deserve it. Thank you have you. a great spirit and, and I'm sure our listeners gain gained a lot from just, just listening to you talk and tell your great story. So thank you again for being on I the
0: appreciate show. you having me. I was really nervous to be honest, because I feel I just feel like, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, nice. I'm that's not cool. like, uh, so I appreciate you giving me a yeah. chance. Well, that's what we want.
1: That, again, like we want to highlight the story of people that are behind the scenes because it's easy to, to sit back, but then people don't understand just how you get there. Everybody gets to read about the the A-list artist yes. or the the celebrity story, but, but the people that are behind them and supporting, like you said earlier, the support role, the support artist, support staff. Yes. Those are those are critical people to the journey, and we want to make sure that we highlight and shine a, Big flashlight on, on those people. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, check us out at Musical.ly Hits. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please hit that plus sign on Apple. That helps the podcast to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger so we can tell you and share more and more of these great stories of your favorite musicians and some that you don't even know are your favorite. But are some behind some of the biggest projects and the biggest arts and entertainers that you've seen. Um, So we appreciate your support. We look forward to seeing you right here, same place, same time again. Talk to you soon.